I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a podcast from the Smart Material Collective, made by nerds, funded by the listeners. Hello and welcome to Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet? I'm your host, Oz Ismail. And today I'm your host, and not, not Alex, because we have this new refined music. And with refined music comes refined hosting. And advertising. And <laughs> you just d- ruined my whole refined thing that I was going for by mentioning the adverts. Damn it, now we're back to where we were before yeah, anyway. We're only refined for yeah. money. I wonder very, who very made small this, amounts of money. I wonder who made this refined music oh what oh creative, we talk about the fringe artist who the creative genius who, the creative <laughs> genius who, who could that up. possibly be my god can we talk about this artist i think i think we're not allowed because oh, they uh is there an embargo is there, <laughs> is some kind of secrecy um, that we've signed they're afraid of the uh public adoration that might follow <laughs> <laughs> the groupies and that Suhail made the music. Yeah, Suhail made the music. <laughs> it wasn't clear. Uh, you'll see his Insta stories at 3am where he's making beats on <laughs> FL Studio. That's that's the man of many lead. talents. This life I lead. Then I'm late for work. But as you've heard today, I'm joined by a full house. Today we have Hannah Ayub. Hello. What have you been up to, Hannah? So I got back from Singapore about a week ago. Are you ever in the UK anymore? Uh, I've got to be here for three months now before I can go back again. And like enjoy some tropical weather and like, you know, being near the people I love. So basically what we're hearing is Hannah has gone international and uh, yeah, you better get your appointments in quick because it's very hard to get hold of Hannah these days. (laughs) I'm also joined by Alex Lathbridge. Hi, Alex. Hey, Oz. (laughs) How are you feeling today? Feeling refined? No, I feel really good and not at all stupid that I forgot two of the microphones and therefore had to go into the stupid corner and give up my hosting rights to you. Also, because we were going for the refinedness. Yeah, don't don't, the don't forget yeah. to tell people yeah. that. Yeah, yeah we're, we're more refined. Hashtag refined. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> we're actually using no. two cups and strings now for me and Alex. Yeah. You going can, straight to the mixer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite childhood toys, by the way. And I'm also joined by... And I'm also joined 
by by why does that sound weird so, oh my god i'm also joined by suhail patel this is that's me that's me hola amigos how you doing what have you been up to i've been eating this cold katsu curry. yeah it's gross by the way like it really stinks it's just stink? the fact that he's eating cold you katsu say curry chicken. stinks racist <laughs> but I, I, i've never like how does cold curry smell worse than a boris johnson because if we're on politics compared to the last episode so you know when the last episode went out within 24 hours i've been blocked by dominic rab that is quite the accomplishment dominic rab is an evil genius from the future time traveling to destroy human civilization that's a pretty good summary. That's actually a really good summary of. Uh, Do you think with Dominic Rex sees, he's like, he's like holding back bare anger. Like every time I see him in an interview, I feel like he's just going to start slitting throats and shit. And oh. like, no, I said that. No, come on, this is satire. We're allowed to say that. Yeah, well yeah, yeah, Just yeah. go get Preep Patel to block you. Yo, Preep. Okay, okay, yeah. So that's, is that the new like yeah, goal? That's the goal. Okay, so so um, when Sahel Oz and I went out, right after we both finished our PhDs and stuff. Uh, me and Oz and um, got quite drunk I remember being in an ice cream shop at like oh my God, yes, about, about 1am and um, we were like ah oh, you know what would it be like like who would play us in a film what would that like if we made a film about the rise of the podcast and how that's how big our egos you know, are you know, and uh, Oz what was yours <laughs> Dev Patel <laughs> yeah, yours was Dev Patel and Dev Patel and a magic spell who are you wait no, wait I'm gonna be? find who, who I said you'd be I'd be James Franco with no, five you extra stones on <laughs> Gus Khan yes I'd be Gus Khan my main nun yeah yeah um, I was going to be um, Michael B. Jordan I was Michael B. Jordan and um, who did you say Hannah should be not me this is what i mean about confusing me and sahel by the way alex um sahel who do you th- who do you say i should- said pretty pew pretty patel because you're beautiful <laughs> just like her she's not an actress b she's not beautiful and c she's pretty patel i mean in an ironic way because you're the complete opposite Okay, can someone explain who Pretty Patel is for um? For no, no. If you don't know who Pretty Patel is, stop listening. <laughs> no, no uh, we, we, okay. We have a like a quite a big international audience who yes, might not be keeping stop, up sorry, with UK everyone. politics. Sorry. So, can someone explain who Pretty Patel is quite quickly? She is a politician, conservative politician, who is how do I say this in a nice way? Uh, she's she's, oh, she's of Indian origin um, parents from Uganda who came here and now she wants to deport all the immigrants so that's really fun I know I think there's a whole thing about kicking the ladder underneath you from beneath you and speaking of question time the guy who uh, said he didn't uh, he wasn't in the top 5% did you hear about this mm-hmm. oh that was well. the other question time there's one before did he say yeah. he wasn't in the top 50% he's in yeah. the top 50 I said yo bruv how are you in 80k <laughs> man don't know maths quick maths you get me <laughs> so apart from politics and all of that in the last couple of weeks uh one really weird thing that the internet has brought up is do you remember ti rapper ti yeah artist ti yeah yeah i've only just found out who he is need that Money talk, power. Oz is bleeding. When we talk about TI, Oz is bleeding, which is going to be very relevant in a little bit because uh, on a on the podcast ladies like us the rapper and actor ti mentioned that so he has yearly trips with his daughter to the gynecologist where uh, to check her hymen and he goes with her 
Now, I, when I saw, this, I saw this news article and I genuinely thought it was one of those jokes, one of those like fake news articles. Mm. And then it just exploded and turned out to be true. Mm. So you, you saw it before it became a thing. You were like, you were on the cusp of that wave where it became... I'm always on the cusp of You're always on the cusp of cutting edge. Yeah, I was on the cusp and 100% believed it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Someone should check his uh, head if he's got any brain cells in there. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's wild, right? Like, it is wild. It's every, fucked. Every year going with his daughter to check, like... Who would do that? Why would you do that? A very insecure man, clearly. There's just, uh, there were so many bullshit takes on this. Like even, like I know Sahel's joking about the brain cell thing, but the idea that it's just people that are stupid that believe this stuff is actually like, makes me more uncomfortable. Makes it really easy to dismiss like absolute bullshit that is really harmful behavior rather than sort of examining where it comes from. Because, yeah, people have been talking about it on Twitter a lot. Like I see, yeah, like a lot of discourse and it's mostly by white women. Yeah, white feminine, white feminism is all over this shit. Um, because, of course, you can't quite see um, Hannah's face is, I mean, Oz, how would you describe it? Like I've never seen before. So many emotions waiting to come out. <laughs> I texted Alex before this episode saying that I was getting like increasingly frustrated reading about hymens and virginity and he just replied saying let the hate flow through you so can can we go through this whole story yeah yeah yeah. so the story is that this rapper he Mm -hmm. takes sorry sorry, sorry. put some respect on T.I.'s name I know he's no 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 no. he gets no respect on this episode Thai superfan Alex (laughs) no 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 no. I didn't say (laughs) distancing myself rapidly from from the music of Thai shall not be named yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna i'm not gonna prince andrew this like fuck this guy all right um yeah and um oh so last time you with acorn you were like oh acorn not <laughs> all right this is what we're doing we're going so, through our favorite so basically thai thai <laughs> curry thai curry uh he takes his daughter how old is his daughter she's uh, just turned 18 i think so he takes her to the gynecologist after every birthday Fuck. So this is now, so basically this has become like some kind of family routine. Yeah. Like apparently he sticks a post-it note up saying gyno. Like This is so gross. Yeah. Mm. It's thoroughly, it gets grosser as well because like she has to sign a consent form to say that he can have access to that data. Wow. And according to him, she signs that like with him in the room, which is. So there's a lot of. Yes. So it's. But kind of sounds like she's being intimidated into she's being coerced 100 yeah, yeah. there's no way you can't yeah. you would do and that i mean willingly. like so the world health organization is fundamentally like against virginity tests they've you know declared that they they don't do anything it's impossible to actually tell from an examination whether a woman has had sex or not and also they're traumatic they generally happen when a woman has been coerced or a girl has been coerced so the hymen is a collection of cells that partially block the vaginal opening it's contrary to lots of beliefs like it's not an actual sort of closed membrane it can also be very very flexible so this sort of collection of cells it's rigid at birth and it stays as quite like a rigid covering of the vagina for the first three years the whole point is to keep urine and feces out of the infant vagina because for those three years generally babies and toddlers like have no control of their poop or their pee and also because of the lack of estrogen at that point one of the hormones um 
the vagina can be extra sensitive to irritants and to infections. So around the time that children start to be continent, so able to control their pee and poop, the hymen starts to change shape and it starts to become a lot more flexible. So it's almost like this weird sort of evolutionary hang up. It serves a purpose for those three years. And yet like collectively at society, as a society, it seems to be one of the body parts that we are like the most obsessed with. I think the myth that the hymen is this, you know, membrane that stays intact until someone has sex. It also has other consequences. So I have, you know, I've personally heard that thing of like, you know, you shouldn't wear tampons whilst you're a virgin because they could disrupt the hymen when for, you know, plenty of people, tampons are more comfortable than other options. You know, there's even the fear of people going for smear tests, you know, to detect cervical cancer because there's a potential that you could lose your virginity, you know, through that test. And, you know, sort of, this is quite a personal thing. My hymen probably did break when I had a a smear test and I'm very lucky to live in a family, in a culture where, you know, it was more about the pain and suffering rather than about the fact that, oh dear God, my future husband's going to think that, you know, I'm not pure. And I mean, that is a potentially life-saving test. And so I think that it's sort of, these things go beyond just sex control and just the layers of harm are just, you know, there's just so many layers of it from avoiding cancer detection to being more, you know, unnecessarily uncomfortable during your period. So can I ask, how did this idea, when did the hymen become associated with virginity? How did that come about? I mean, my gut instinct is it's actually like much more to do with virginity as a concept being attached to the hymen this idea that Uh, women are property that you know having sex fundamentally changes a woman and i'm guessing part of that is probably to do with um paternity so you know virginity is important because you want a virgin wife who is going to produce children that you know are yours and I guess like the hymen being a thing that apparently like, you know, covers the vagina has probably become part of this myth. We talked a bit on the inferior episode about how this, the focus on paternity probably actually kicked in when humans started to accumulate property. So it only became really important for a man to know who his children were when he had property to pass down. Oh, that's interesting. And chances are before mm. that point, it really didn't matter as long as a village or a community as a whole. So it wasn't village because, you know, people hadn't settled down. But like, you know, the, amongst more sort of hunter gatherer nomadic societies, the village would collectively raise children. Didn't really matter whose kids they were. You know, everyone was passing on their genes. Mm. Um And I think a slightly more worrying thing that probably links to why there's this focus on the hymen is this focus on bleeding during the first time a woman has sex. So people think that's when the hymen breaks. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that, I don't know, we were always taught at school. Not taught, I think you taught it at school, but it was sort of like, indirectly, it was like the hymen breaks, the hymen there will be blood after yeah. the first time you have yeah. sex. There will be blood. And uh, the hymen. I don't even know how to call this shit. Because uh, the movie isn't it? It's that movie's not about hymen breaking or sex. It's true. It's a good movie though. 
also the hymen itself doesn't have enough of a blood supply to bleed that much so generally like around two-thirds of women experience no bleeding the first time they have sex those who do it's usually sort of you know spotting that very traditional view especially within certain cultures that there should be you know stained sheets or sheets that like in there's some awful like you know societal practices where people like are expected to hang out the bloodstained sheets the next morning that's a sign of trauma like if a woman is bleeding that much then you know she has been physically hurt during sex sorry what do you mean hang out the sheets over the balcony or outside so like put the it house out on display to... to prove that the bride was a virgin wow that's crazy i've never heard of that for real no i've heard of this for sure like i've heard they, they put down a white sheet on their on the the night after the wedding yeah and then it's like proof that the bride was a virgin and yeah. that they've had sex for the first time wow it's bo- it's like so insane that is crazy shit man fuck fuck we just all speeches about that I, I have no i had no idea people did that that's intense even already establishing that so the hymen itself doesn't bleed when it breaks or if it does it's only some spotting the hymen is just not an indicator in any way shape or form of virginity some people are born without one in lots of you know people it breaks when you know i mean the sort of tropes are sort of riding a horse or riding a bike but it can be all sorts of things and also 50% of sexually active teens have an intact hymen so a hymen that isn't like disrupted at all because it's re- a really flexible membrane Okay, so if we know we know all these uh, sort of properties of the hymen, how come in how come Ty Ti, <laughs> how come he can still take his daughter to a practicing qualified gynecologist who's mm-hmm. doing this test on? So that's a girl. very good point. So th- this has been something that's been like discussed a lot online. Like, how is this allowed under medical ethics? There have been some people who've been sort of like blaming the US as sort of private system, right? But Ultimately, no one really knows because no one knows who this gynecologist is. There's a lot of people who are sort of posturing that, you know, there's sort of almost two options here. You've either got, you know, quite a sort of unethical medical professional who is doing this for money and sort of almost in cahoots with him, like, you know, or there is actually the other side that, you know, I don't know, I've got a lot of faith in humanity. So I sort of lean that way, which is they're just saying what he wants to hear. Yeah. And if they don't say that, either someone else is going to, possibly someone who, you know, may say something that is going to put his daughter at risk, potentially, or, you know, that if all medical professionals refuse, you know, there's even like, and let's say we're talking more generally now to like, you know, avoid accusing anyone that it's something that could happen at home. You know, there are, there are communities all over the world where a virginity test by a family member before marriage is a thing. Wow. So it's called like the two finger test. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm reading about this. That, yeah, yeah, literally that. Yeah. And, wow. you know, like, so I don't know, like, yeah, there's part mm. of me that really hates the fact that a medical professional has done this, but equally, at least it's in the hands of a medical professional. Yeah. Yeah, I can just imagine some creepy uncle being like, I gotta test your virginity. Like, and like, what the fuck? Like, that's not cool. Man. Wait, 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 wait. A two, like, a two mm. finger test. That's, yeah. I mean, okay. So, 
everyone in the room apart from Hannah, all three of us just went like just face blanching. I think what's really interesting. Like, okay, blanching <laughs> as much as we can. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of melanin we're, in this room. Which sort, sort of like just uh, a really old chocolate. <laughs> I think what's really fascinating about the facial expressions in this room as we're recording is that as much as I'm sort of horrified, like none of this stuff really shocks me anymore. Whereas I can see that you all are really shocked. I mean, yeah, like, you know, when we're talking about like virginity tests and stuff and saying that you said 50% of um, sexually active teens in the US yeah. um, still have the hymen intact. I don't, I, I'm going to guess that data's from the US. Okay, but I but, so yeah, 50% of sexually active teens. Mm. Um, okay, let's say a large proportion of sexually active mm. teens still have the hymen intact. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of sex you can do that isn't vaginal. So I think this was specifically like looking at vaginal because otherwise that data is just like yeah. screwed. I mean, the, the whole TI thing actually brings out mm. that point. Like people were saying, you know, a lot of people were saying like, you know, you're not going to tear your hymen going down on someone. You know, if, you know, you're not going to tear your hymen giving someone a hand job or fingering someone mm. or, mm. you know, someone else or, you know, going down on someone else like there are so anal there are so many things you can do so mm -hmm. why is ti someone should check ti's anal virginity what do you think <laughs> I, mean, I mean like the whole Once idea that we don't talk I, about male virginity like so, okay, listen yeah. i'm happy to do it but, but i, I think, use three fingers <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> moving swiftly on like, no we're actually going to discuss no, with oz the time, veracity. he's a prick bro what, what is he doing we're going to discuss the veracity no, of anal virginity oz but i do I think mean, part of that it is about that fertility pregnancy thing i think a, a part of why people are less bothered by other forms of sexual activity or at least can pretend they're not bothered or whatever is because it's about pregnancy it's about being pure in order for like your future husband's seed to be planted like you know it is just really quite archaic when you bring it when you strip it right back to what it's about it's sorry about, else, you're about it, to no, say yeah, something. you're right it's just about men who are who are like stuck in this kind of warped patriarchal view of the world and it's also I feel appeals to their insecurity in a way because they're like so insecure like they have to have control of the women in their lives or people in their lives like that and it actually leads to that's what I feel it's about but I'm controlling in it and being having control of your children a lot of people do that in different ways but this is an extreme version of that isn't it mm -hmm. so it's like they've taken mm. they've taken that reasoning and then applied it to this physical membrane that physiologically exists to be like this is our this is how we're going to justify mm. our control and kind of prove it almost yeah. mm. it's so insane but I think, like mm. the interesting thing as well is even even if right like the hymen was an accurate representation of whether a woman's had sex before like the chances of getting pregnant from you know that first sort of time that you have sex is something between like two and five percent and then like you know the chances of that pregnancy succeeding like the the actual percentages are so low that 
it just doesn't actually make sense. Like that, knowing whether a woman is a virgin or not is not going to, when you get married, is not going to equate to whether you are the father of her first child. Mm -hmm. Like those percentages are so low that like evolution is not going to invest in that, you know, even if there was some sort of evolutionary pressure. How do you mean? Sorry. So say like the chances of someone getting successfully pregnant from the first time that they have sex is so low that it's very unlikely there's enough evolutionary pressure to somehow drive. Uh, yeah, I get it. Drive yeah. humans to evolve away for men to be able to test paternity. paternity. Mm. I see. Um, like, so in the elephant, the hymen breaks when they give birth. That would be a slightly better way of like testing it. Mm. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> wow. And wow. And there is some evidence that like some women like their hymen break some yeah breaks during birth. And again, it goes back to this issue of control, isn't it? Like, you yeah. know, it's controlling women. Mm. You know, I say to Ty, why, why, Tia? You, Wow, you're really putting slander on T.I.'s name. T.I. It's Ty. Green Ty Curry. Um, <laughs> I say to him, yo, all right, if you're so concerned about your child's modesty, let's look for your phone and see what you're doing. Let's, let me see your bank account, you're paying your taxes. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, you know, it's a hypocrisy at the end of the day because this guy is not some fucking vassal prestige of like morality as he sees it. So what gives him some moral right to go around and say, oh, I'm going to check your virgin. I don't care if she's your child. You know what I mean? It's like, the reality is that that is an unethical thing and wrong thing for him to do. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We know that culturally, like... feeling controlled by families or parents doesn't end when you gain legal adulthood you know like yes apparently like that she's having to sign something at the doctors to say that she's happy for her father to know that information because she is an adult 
but maybe it's just making life easier to do that Mm. but I mean I think the other thing is there's been a lot of focus on this individual case and I think it has brought a lot of these issues to light and people are talking about it but more you know widely across society across the world like virginity tests are used really widely and they are you know potentially traumatic they you know can bring up like previous sexual trauma like you know young girls and women can be you know, can be having to relive like sexual assault because they're doubly worried of something being discovered because they've been, you know, intimidated intimidated into keeping things secret. There's all sort of confounding issues. So people who are intersex being doubly worried that it's going to throw up something else that their family is going to discover. You know, there's some idea, you know, that um, you know that lesbians are worried they're going to be discovered in certain societies. It's just it is such a pile of I don't even know what the word is to right. use. Like mm. a gen, like yeah, this is what I'm, I'm it's thinking about. Awful. So I'm thinking about the scale of how awful this is because mm. so the reason this has become a, a talking point publicly is because Tai Ti um, chicken he, katsu curry chicken katsu let's go katsu he just came out and boasted about the fact that he does this as if it was something to be proud of as a father which he and not he doesn't seem to understand the grossness of it but that means there are people who do understand the grossness of it keep it secret and are putting mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of women through this horrendous experience mm-hmm. So do you think there's like a cultural aspect to this as well as to why it's kind of suddenly hit the news and suddenly become such a talking point? Yeah, I think the reason that this has been so high profile is not only because it's about a high profile person, but because it's someone who in many ways is firmly within the Western sphere. Right. You know, I think for so long, virginity tests are these this, these things that are sort of pushed to one side and it's something that happens to you know, women in India or girls in the Middle East. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's it's uneducated people. It's a developing world issue. And that's just like not the case. This has really brought it out that right. actually like, you know, someone super rich in America can also do this Mm. and you still get racist tropes you still get people questioning his intelligence but I think those cracks are starting to appear that this is like really widespread and while I think there's still people pushing back against that there's still people trying almost to act as though this is like a blip I think that like virginity tests and extreme are actually just like, you know, the tip of the iceberg of lots and lots of other like really harmful stereotypes, really harmful tropes that are just everywhere. So we were talking about that thing of, you know, most of us probably went through sex ed, just generally growing up in a society that said a woman's first time having sex is going to be painful, is going to be traumatic. And like, you know, I, and the idea that it's about education, like, I've got a zoology degree. I was probably in my mid-twenties before I finally realised that that wasn't true. I only really realised what the evolution, like, what the actual purpose of the hymen was in the last few months. I was actually going to jump in just um, on that. It's, I think, what really fascinated me, especially while you're talking about it, is, you know, it's not just places, like you say, in the Middle East or India, Sub-Saharan Africa and stuff. I, I think of the... 
you know, how closely that is linked to other things like, you know, FGM, like, so that's like female mm. genital mutilation. Like, and, and these aren't things that are just happening in, you know, I'm just saying like when people assume sub-Saharan Africa, they mm. assume, mm. you know, Africa, they assume mm. India, Middle East, but diasporically, like, you know, you've got people here in the UK that do it, you know? Mm. So chances are there are people here in the UK in, in communities where it's sort of hushed hush um, that it happens, you yeah. know? But I think even saying like about FGM, that is still really harmful thing. It's a major issue, but it's still focusing in on this as an issue for diaspora communities, for essentially people who aren't white, when actually there's there are ways that this manifests like you know the idea that you know you want a woman with a tight vagina because that means she hasn't you know been sleeping around you know the idea that the more like the easier it is for a woman to orgasm the more it means she's been sleeping around you know there are all these west like truly western tropes that are also really harmful and that still imply control they still imply you know possession by a man like there's the idea that you know that a woman's vagina will start smelling differently if she's cheating on you. Sorry, what? Sorry, sorry. We've been like, like, Oz and I have both been like bouncing up on this. We've been like, sorry, what? Sorry, what? Sorry, what? There's just there's so much bullshit. And so I do feel like, you know, Western society, and I am going to say like white feminism wants to focus on virginity tests, on FGM, because they want to push the issues away from them. And, you know, I do think that there's a lot of issues or a lot of underlying issues that are shared almost globally because almost globally we live in a deeply patriarchal society. And until, you know, society as a whole starts examining all these different components, it's just going to be easy to just throw all this away as, oh, that's a problem with Islam. That's a problem with uneducated people. That's a problem with whatever else you feel like demonizing that day of the week. It's an intersectional issue, and the moment you start, I understand you're arguing completely. When, when the moment you start saying, you start othering the problem, actually, you're creating more issues because you're letting this kind of sentiment fester in your own community as well. Okay, so I'm going to ask a rather naive question, Hannah. Why, why is this se- like? white feminism Mm -hmm. why do they not (laughs) first of all i'm just like why white feminism is my actual question but why do you think they don't see this as an issue for feminism okay what is white feminism yes i think that's sort of a really interesting thing to start on before we get too much hate white feminism is not about the skin color of the person who says they're a feminist Mm -hmm. it is about a certain type of feminism that holds up the experiences of white women and focuses right. on the experiences of white women aside from you know the experiences of the majority of women on earth and you know you i think a really clear example of this that is constantly in the news is the way that muslim women are often have their feminist issues dismissed because it's just like well that's because you're part of you know a restrictive culture and religion you know if you just if you just like left your restrictive culture then you'd be fine so it's basically another way of othering a community yeah exactly that's Um, right hannah teach these white women teach these white women it's not about the color of their skin teach these white women (laughs) (laughs) and 
and I think the reason I do really sort of focus in on that, it's not about the color of their skin, is because I think white feminism is a type of feminism that plenty of women of color can mm. have. You know, I think it's something that I was probably very guilty of when I was younger. You know, I think it's something that still creeps into some of my views today and something I try to challenge. But it is it is the brand of feminism that is the most out there. It's the brand of feminism that most people will encounter first, including women of color. So it's not inclusive of lived experiences of all women. No. It just takes like, I'm gonna say to my mind, a Western view. Yeah. It's yeah. like vanilla feminism. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's the view that says the moment you wear a hijab, you're not a feminist. Okay, so you basically don't, you can't enter this conversation anymore because yeah, of what yeah, you're wearing. Yeah. Wow. You know, the, it's the same view of feminism that thinks the burqa should be banned because it is saying this is what we define a liberated woman to be. And this is what we define a unliberated, controlled woman to be. Okay. Okay, so what are the implications in the context of uh, our discussion today what, what are the implications of this brand of feminism on the Hyman story? How's white feminism fucked this up? How's white... <laughs> how, I mean, I started this episode by saying it's going to be refined, yeah. but... How has white feminism made T.I., Thai curry, Thai. katsu curry? Okay, how has it made things worse? So th there's been a sort of related story to this that at first I felt sort of very conflicted about. And it's that there are... Well, I think there are a few different sort of artificial hymen type products. So I think like sort of fake capsules of blood have been around for a while. But there was a product recently that claimed to actually pretty much like mimic the membrane and then sort of, you know, there would be fake blood involved. After a massive load of backlash, this product was actually taken off Amazon. You know, it's sort of been pushed into the fringes. I think it's still available. But it's this idea that, you know, this global giant that lots of people buy from decided to ban the product. Now... As will come of no surprise to anyone who's just heard everything else I've said, I would love for that product to be unnecessary. I would love for, you know, not a single woman in the world to feel that she needed to fake her virginity, you know, during sex. But the idea that the solution is to ban this when there are women whose lives might rely on it, whose women whose livelihoods, you know, like this idea that people could, you know, be shunned from marriages, from families, you know, the idea that one of the most like common alternatives to these quite you know simple relatively cheap products is surgery you know hymenoplasties are becoming increasingly common especially in india india the difference is that like the sort of artificial hymen product was about 3000 rupees so about 30 quid whereas surgery runs from anything from 20000 rupees to 70000 rupees so we're looking more at like 200 to 700 obviously in an economy where that is a lot more money yeah i was going to say like I, I i took a look like on harley street you can get um, hymenoplasty, so like hymen reconstructive surgery, and they're like, yeah, it runs anything from a thousand to four, four and a half. Wow. So, so clearly, there is even Harley Street in London in the UK, there is a need. Well, I say need, I, say, I mean, there is, there is a demand, demand for it. Yeah. That's insane That's, to me. That is pretty insane. Yeah. That is pretty insane. But then it goes back to what you're saying. It's not a problem of just them, it's, it's a societal problem, isn't it? And yeah. It's just yeah, the fascination yeah, yeah. with virginity and purity around women, which mm. in itself is a way of controlling women, isn't yeah. it? But so. again, it's this thing that in some way people want to take this away as a choice mm. for the women who may really need it. 
Wow, my mind has been blown by our discussion today. Guys, mm. surely you've learned something new today. I've learned a lot, man. I learned there's a, there's a lot of education that needs to go, especially with men in the world, that there's a lot of really fucked up men in the world, from what it and sounds like. Thai super fan, Alex. No, no, I, I think um, what's really interesting is the discourse and like talking about how I guess what I learned from you is that that um, those products are actually really important. The ones that can mimic the Hyman stuff, um, like you were saying, it's not great that they're necessary, but they are necessary. Mm -hmm. And how like people's discourse on Twitter and brigading and stuff mm -hmm. being like, well, no, we got to do it this way is actually making people's lives worse for, for retweets and shit. Yeah. So I've learned something new. Yeah, thanks for enlightening us, Hannah. I'm not going to ask <laughs> yeah. if you learned anything because you've literally told I'm us everything. I'm going to come back with a bang, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, the one thing I am going to say is just, um, particularly because I've been like angry and heated at times, I know I've been sort of slipping between sort of inclusive and occasionally quite binary language. So sorry to anyone who is affected by that. Well, sadly, the time has come for us to say goodbye. So we're going to have a refined goodbye as well. Guys, say goodbye in a refined way, please. Yeah. All right. See you next time. You know. Piss off, you bloody bastards. <laughs> Farewell. This has been Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet? Goodbye. zoology degree i was probably in my mid-20s before i finally realized that that wasn't true you know i only really sorry i only really realized what the evolution like what the actual purpose of the hymen was in the last few months <laughs> sorry oh. i thought you were indirectly sending us you <laughs> <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Public broadcast. <laughs> You're getting laid. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake, Alex. Oh, my God. <laughs> Typical blokes, isn't it? Just give him a moment. I'll give him a moment. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a good joke. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> <Bring> it back. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cackle word. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready, dear. Okay. <laughs> now that Alex has gained his composure. Uh, yeah, Alex has returned to the room. And breathe. Um, I... Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.